the great Douglas Adams. All opinions are not equal. Some are very great deal more robust, sophisticated, and well-supported in logic and argument than others. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with Nerd In. And to quote the great deep thought, the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything is 42. Why is that number so important? I just turned 42, and this is our 42nd episode. I am Rob Lloyd, and I am joined by two people we have not been connected in this way for some way, shape, or form, Sandra Felcher and Jen Spears. How are you all doing? Pretty good. Yeah, it's good. It's a good day. <laughs> so you planned that, Rob, did you? You planned our 42nd episode to coincide with your 42nd birthday. Is that why we haven't recorded in so long? <laughs> yes, it's all my fault. It was all a plan. I knew it. it. All, I knew yeah. it. it. The reason why I've been so busy not being able to record is because it's all been my long game. Uh, you haven't been busy at all. You've just been sitting at home being like, I'm playing the long game. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's very right. You've just picked out how I do things. So it's been quite some time. The technical term is a fuckload of time since we've recorded. Um, but we're all back. We're all locked in. Yeah. And uh, so we're doing a nerd in show looking at all the things that we have been uh consuming lately because there's a lot of time to consume at the present time mm. of course uh our thoughts are out there to all the uh health workers all those people in essential businesses working their asses off um in this time of crisis and all those people who are struggling at the moment uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you and if you can donate in any way shape or form please do uh, Sandro, it says here on the run sheet that we have got the rules of murder. Hey, what run sheet? This is all it's spontaneous <laughs> yeah. recording. We don't plan stuff. We're not planning anything. This is all like, you know, off the off the bat, left is center, you know, just like riffing. Jeez, Rob. Indubitably, Jen Spears, Rob says with a voice <laughs> with suspicion. I mean, uh, 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 yes. What are the yes. rules of no doubt? The rules, okay, so for those who are just joining us... Shame on you. The rules of nerd out are very simple. Rule number one, you can nerd out about anything. We're going to be talking about mm. movies, TV shows, comics, books, uh, music, uh, food. We haven't done that yet, but we could one day. Um, public transportation and theatre is all the many things you can nerd out about. Rule number two, everything that we talk about is in the description if you don't want to be spoiled. Um, we don't really spoil much, but if we do, that's there for you to use. Um, rule number three. <laughs> if you want to skip over Rob speaking, you know. <laughs> he's giving me the finger via video chat. That's rude. Uh, rule number three. We say episodes are going to be coming out every Friday, but they probably won't. Uh, rule number four. Uh, there's an, a second spin-off show also happening, so you can check that out. It'll be out on Wednesday. Um, we'll explain what that is on Wednesday. So that is the rules of Nerd Out. The many rules. If you've got any other rules, go for it. Uh, always, we uh, we have a very uh, very specific rating system. Jen, would you care to take uh, the new listers in through our rating system from lowest sure. to highest? Let's see if I can remember it. So um, we used to do stars, but stars are kind of confusing. Um, so uh, the nerd out way of rating is from lowest to highest. We have two thumbs down, one thumb down, a schmear, which is kind of like a, uh, I'm neither here nor there, you know, where? Uh, <laughs> one thumb up and two thumbs up. Now, 
uh, in a star rating, obviously people tend to give half stars and things, but you can't cut half a thumb off or divide a schmear. So it's a very um, <laughs> it's a very strict rating system, I think, it really, because um, yeah. it really forces you to make a fucking decision. So um, two thumbs down, one thumb down, schmear. One thumb up, two thumbs up. We did introduce later on two versions of the schmear. So we mm. had the schmear, which was a negative schmear, and we had the schmear, which was more positive. Yeah, yeah, that's right. True. So there's that's yeah. where you can sort of be a bit of a fence sitter. Yeah, exactly. You can also give a light thumb up as well if you want. Just be like, eh. it's a it's a gladiatory kind of like yeah, eh, like a little wobbly. It's like thumb wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. We are all on the same page. We all know exactly what's going on, what the rules are, what the rating systems are. But it is now time to ask the age-old questions. Oh, no one's asked me this in ages. It's a question that has existed longer since, you know, before primitive thought, before even thought itself. There was a question that was passed down through generations, through civilizations. Civilizations have crumbled. New civilizations have re- rebuilt themselves. But through each eon, each decade, each century, each day, each week, each quarantine, we have had a question. And we will ask that question right now. And that question is, what have you been consuming lately? Jen, the question is Ooh. asked to you. Thank you so much for asking Thank you so much for asking that very long question, Rob. I'm so glad you asked. And thank you for responding with my favourite sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. Um, Well, look, it's been a while since we've gotten together and done one of these, but nothing much has changed. So um, I am going to, surprise, surprise, talk about uh, firstly some books stuff, book stuff. Um, Some might consider the book stuff the OG nerd stuff, but, you know, we won't get into that. Following the rules, you know, you can nerd out about anything. Um, I set myself a reading challenge, which I do every year through Goodreads. I set a challenge to read 40 books. Last year I read, I think I had the same challenge last year, but I fell a bit short. Um, So I set the same 40 again. I'm on track with 10 at the moment. Um, I also joined a book club. So uh, a friend of mine um, has started a book club called Hope Punk Book Club. Shout out to Mandy. Uh, it's basically a book club where we read only books that are considered in the genre of hope punk. Um, if you haven't heard of that term before, it is the opposite of the genre grimdark. So grimdark are things like 1984, uh, Brave New World, like dystopic kind of novels. Whereas hope punk, not necessarily utopic novels, but, uh, a novel in which the overarching vibe is one of hope. Um, and the idea that hope in a dystopic world is quite punk for people to be hopeful um, so we started out reading Watership Down, which I'd read years ago and still don't love. Went on to a couple of, uh, we went and read Testaments by Margaret Atwood and then a couple of other uh, prize winners. And then I, it was my turn to recommend a book and I recommended the Wayfarer series, which I've spoken about before. Um, Sandro's nodding. Yes, he's read it. Yeah, loves it. very good. Yeah. So that's Becky Chambers' uh, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. We are reading that specifically. Um, but I decided to also reread that as well as the second book, uh, Closed in Common Orbit, because um, they absolutely come up. Any list you that you Google that says hope punk genre, that'll be in that list. Both of those books will be in that list and absolutely is the epitome of that genre. Um, so loving that reread. 
along the line of books and authors, I went and saw Neil Gaiman speak uh, recently for the Writers' Festival um, and also went and saw David Sedaris yeah. uh, at Hamer Hall. So he's, uh, if, for those who don't know oh, him, yeah. he's a, a nonfiction writer. He's He basically writes essays, but he's extremely funny and sarcastic and um, all of his stuff is very, um, what's the word I want? Starts with S, um, satire um, as well. So he was so well-spoken and just seeing him um, literally just read out some some of what he was working on, basically testing it on an audience was amazing um, and really interesting cross-section of people there as well, like from our age to, um, you know, older, in-between families, um, that sort of thing. So that was really cool. So, yeah, just, you know, trying to get a bit more, uh, consume a bit more um, literary-based stuff, um, trying to get away from the screens a little bit, um, quite like my screen time was up big time last week so trying to get away from the screens because I'm working from home and then I'm watching Netflix or I'm on my phone or I'm video calling people and so um trying to consume a little bit more the literary stuff has been really cool um because you know I love a read but I do need recommendations because I'm running out of books um I did a big cull when I moved house so I don't have a lot of books as many as I had and the libraries are closed so if you've got some ebook recommendations send them through because I'm always open to something mm. uh, something new. I always recommend Rivers of London. I have that. I have that audiobook actually. I bought it based on its cover because it's a really sick cover artwork. Um, so, yeah, thank you. I will. That's on my list. Um, Written by Ben Aronovich who wrote for Doctor Who in the 80s. Yes. There you go. Also taking this time to um, get back into reading comics. Um, thank you to Sandro sent me through a bunch for me to, in PDF form for me to read. Uh, so, um, something quick and easy just that I can, you know, consume in between novels or during novels or, um, something like that. So yeah, taking the time to get back into the reading. Nice. Excellent. I'm going to pass the question over to you, Sandra. What have you been consuming lately in the last year and a half? Last year and a half? Uh, well, I've gotten halfway through (laughs) the comic book series Fables over the last year and a half, so that's good. Cool. Um, I don't know. I will... I could talk about comics, but weirdly, I've been reading a lot of comics for a website that I write for to review them, so it feels kind of weird reviewing them twice. So I'm going to talk about a bunch of movies that I've seen this year, a bunch of recent releases um, that I've gotten stuck into over the last little while. I just finished about an hour ago now. I saw the black comedy Downhill uh, starring... Uh Will Ferrell, Julia Louise Dreyfus is in it as well. It's co-written and co-directed by Jim Rash. Is that the Avalanche one? Yeah, it's the Avalanche one. Based on the French film. Yes, Force uh, Majeure, I think it's called. And it's perhaps the most pointless remake I have ever watched. Uh... I don't mind American remakes of foreign films. I think it's, you know, it's a good idea. This There's no reason why this should exist. It's just... it's. Like, the acting is good. Um, there's some pretty good directing. It looks good. There's an avalanche scene that, that looks incredible. But it's just yeah. like, there's no point. Just watch the original one. Um, I hate to be that guy, but that's my whole review. It absolutely bombed. It came and went with it. With it. And they pushed it hard. They had, they had Will Ferrell and uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus on all the talk shows. Yeah. And they yeah. were charming wonderful and incredible and it just yeah died it look it look it, yeah it looks bland it looks average it yeah. looks like why is it even made so that's a big old thumb down for me um moving Dang. on to another another film that opened alongside it and perhaps was the reason it bombed sonic the hedgehog um it's a kid's film it's ju- it's just a it's just a kid's film <laughs> 
and that's it. Like, if you enjoy kids' films that are fine, Sonic the Hedgehog. It's good to see Jim Carrey being chaotic again. Being 90s Jim Carrey. Yeah, being 90s chaotic again. Uh, He's really good in it. The guy that voices Sonic, fine. It looks fine. The story is fine. The whole film's fine. Is the movie better than what everyone was expecting it to be? Like, you went in with pretty low expectations, I assume. And there was a lot of controversy around, like, the when the first trailer came out and they tried to make mm, the animation realistic, and I did that in inverted commas, and then they turned it back to look more like how he does in the original yeah. uh, cartoons on a uh, computer game, and that's been a massive success. And it's been, it's been a hit. It's, like, the most successful yeah. uh, computer game film. It's pretty... I think it's... Yeah, I think... Um, I don't, can't, can't remember how well Detective Pikachu did, but they're both... Uh, on the same level, I think, in terms of quality and and how they performed. Financially, it's a massive hit. It's the wow. yeah. highest grossing comic book movie ever made. And that's like, you know, more than uh, Mario Brothers. <laughs> Do you think that was because people went to see how shit it was? Like, because of all the controversy around the animation, they were like, well, let's go, let's go see how this bombs. And yeah. by doing that, even if they went with bad intentions, they still gave them their money. Yeah, and it came out of a time where there wasn't much competition, and there wasn't much competition around, and it's a and it was a family film, so yeah. it was good to take the kids out, and the parents could enjoy it as well. So it was something that they could recognize. Kind of like Shrek, you know. Yeah, kind of like Shrek. It always comes back to Shrek for me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the <laughs> second highest grossing film of the year so far, uh, underneath Bad Boys 3. So good on it, I guess. Probably will stay that way for a little while too. It will stay that way for quite some time. Quite some time. Yeah. And the only other one that I really want to talk about uh, was Onward, the new Pixar film, which they released digitally. Yeah. Because one, it, it bombed. Two, it wouldn't have made money if they kept it in cinemas anyway. Uh, it's really good. It's actually really mm. good. I saw the trailer and was like, this looks like nothing. Because uh, it's Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. They are elves in a world that has moved on from magic. Because magic's too hard. Technology's easy. So they're all like, let's just use technology. Um, but uh, Chris Pratt's character's like, no, we've got to go on a quest. We've got to reignite the magic. And Tom Holland's like, okay, there's a spell to bring my dad back. Let's do that. Oh, there's a dead parent. Okay, of course. Yeah, it's another dead parent one. Uh, except th- this time the parent is a pair of legs because they bring half of the dad back and it's just a walking pair of oh, legs. Oh, and, and they... hilarity in shoes. Exactly. You can oh. tell. Um, you can tell it's the same director as Monsters University. If you liked Monsters U- University, you'll be a fan of this. They're the same sort of. I liked it. Same sort of vibe. Yeah, me. I love Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. is incredible. Yeah. So sorry. What did you rate? What did you rate onward? I give onward. I I've given a thumb up. I give it a thumb up. It's a good yeah. one. It's a good one. I went into it with pretty low expectations and was like, hey, this is actually really good. From what, from all the reviews that I heard, I was expecting the good dinosaur levels of not Ugh. good. So okay. I'm glad that it wasn't that. See, I've got very high expectations after reading the um, the reviews. So I'll go in with the, I'll meet them in the middle mm. and go in with an expectation. Uh, so yeah, those were just a couple of films that I've seen over the last um, like week or two that I thought could be fun to bring up which means it's now time to throw it on over ask the question to rob what have you been consuming lately um uh, i've uh, finally caught up with a film i've been wanting to watch for ages um uh, so i got it for my birthday and i got to watch batman versus the teenage mutant ninja turtles um which is which is just it's awesome 
It is so much fun. It is so ridiculous, and they lean into that so hard. And you've got all the moments you want to see. Uh, the the turtles are really well defined, and their and their their drawings are really different. So they've sort of like they've defined each of the characters with different shades of gray, uh, green, and different uh, facial structures as well. So that's really cool. Um, uh, uh, they work really well. So it's the the turtles family with the bat family. So it's Batman. Uh, his son, uh, Damian Wayne Robin, and uh, it's Barbara Gordon, but there's no sexual tension, so he's sort of like more like a father figure as opposed to any version <laughs> where they play Batman and Batgirl together. I just go, boo. Um, and it's uh, Shredder joining up with uh, Ra's al Ghul, which is really cool. Uh, oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it adds in all the stuff. So what do you want to see? You want to see Batman go up against Shredder. You want to see Batman fight the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles until they go on the same side. You want to see them inspire each other. What I want to see, does Batman eat pizza? <sighs> well, that's, yeah. Do you want me to spoil it? <laughs> no. Oh, I, I'll take that as a yes, but please, no, don't spoil it. Um, and, and there's a great scene. <laughs> that's all I can think of. And there's a great ridiculous scene where they have to go into Arkham and all the uh, all the Arkham Asylum patients get taken over by the ooze so they become mutated versions of themselves. So you see a mutated nice. Harley Quinn, a mutated Joker, a mutated Two-Face, a mutated all of it. It's just great. It's just everything you want. That's cool. It's based off a comic book run, right? Yeah, they take that as, as a well. springboard and they use some of it, but uh, yeah, it's kind of its own entity as well. And they've got cool. one guy who does the voice of Joker and Batman and he does his best interpretation of Kevin Conroy and uh, Mark Hamill. And he's actually pretty good. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's very silly, ridiculous, and I just friggin' loved it. It's so much fun. Um, uh, it's just flashbacks to everything I love about Batman and everything I love about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So uh, yes, yeah, so I'll I'll give that one thumb up. It's just absolutely ridiculously awesome. Nice, cool. Um, so what have you also been consuming lately, Jen? Yes, so um, Amazon Prime uh, have this. Uh, TV show um, called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I had been recommended this show by multiple people from multiple um, parts of my life. So like not just all the same group of people, people with different interests and um, and tastes, which I was like, well, if all these people are recommending it for different reasons, then I better check it out. Um, so basically it follows an upper west side, uh, upper east side, sorry, um, married woman from the uh, late 50s, early 60s, who, um, not really a spoiler, her, uh, breaks up with her husband and decides to pursue a career in stand-up comedy um, uh, back when uh, you couldn't really talk about uh, any women's stuff. Uh, women didn't swear. Um, nudity was not on. Um, so seeing uh, her progress through that, uh, it's written by the same people that wrote Gilmore Girls. So as you can imagine, very, very fast-paced dialogue, especially from the protagonist, um, the set and the, the costumes, obviously it's the late fifties. So it's like my dream, like the clothes, the, the houses, the decor, the cars, everything, the music, um, is amazing. And I think I've, I'm nearly finished season three. I just realized I actually haven't watched the last episode. Um, season one and two, amazing. Um, season three started out a little, I don't know, it felt very choreographed, um, which it obviously was in the first two seasons, but it didn't feel choreographed. Like the third season, I was kind of like, okay, you've got a bit more money, you've got a higher production value, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling that step. But it settled into itself um, pretty well because it does 
first two seasons are pretty much set in New York and in the village and then um, partially in the Catskills as well. Uh, you would know that from Dirty Dancing. Uh, season three goes off away from New York, so it doesn't. It, I don't know. It feels bigger than. It feels like a bigger show, basically. Um, but it's h- hilarious. Um, standout performances from. Um, you'll have to help me out with actors' names here. The uh, Mrs. Maisel's dad. Tony Shalhoub. From Monk is what I think of. Um, and is he in Men in Black as well? Yes, he is. Yes, he is the original Men in Black. He plays the uptight, uh, Upper East Side New York Jewish father who uh, he's just like everything, any scene that he's in is just like incredible um, and he's hilarious. Um, uh, her manager, Susie Myerson, um, is fucking gold. Um, she's hilarious. She's made for that kind of dialogue, like that fast-paced back and forth and just, like, landing on a joke. It, she's just incredible. Yeah, most people would know her as um, uh, Lois from uh, Family Guy. She's just like a uh, Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers is a huge uh, – sorry, um, uh, what's his name? Seth MacFarlane is a huge fan of hers, and this is yep. her yep. – Yeah. this is her breakout performance. She won the Emmy. She won the Golden Globe. She's just eh. – She's – Incredible. There's an incredible scene in in series three where it's her and Jane Lynch on the streets of New York and they're having this incredible scene. It's one of the most incredibly powerful scenes as an actor. I'm in tears every time I watch it. It's so frigging good. Both of them are at the top of their game. It's just, yeah, it's an incredible yeah. show. I friggin' love this. Is- <laughs> Yeah, it's, it was um, Patty and I uh, over dinner, episode, like TV show. So we'd sit down for dinner and we watched an episode of Mrs. Maisel. Um, sometimes that would lead into watching two or three episodes because we'd be like, <laughs> oh, go on, just another one. Just I want to see what happens. Um, so, yeah, I give that show two thumbs up. Like I can't, other than that little slow kind of start from season three for me, um, I can't fault it. It's just all round. Everyone's very real in that no one's perfect. Like, you know, you hate Midge sometimes you love her other times you hope she fails you hope she succeeds or whatever um it's yeah the way that it does that I found found really interesting because a lot of shows you're like well obviously I'm supposed to like this character because they're perfect and no one's perfect so um yeah two thumbs up love it everybody watch it I'll give you my Amazon Prime login like (laughs) (laughs) and the show's spirit animal is Lenny Bruce and for anyone who's a fan of Comedy throughout the modern era, Lenny Bruce is the definitive version of trailblazing comedy and bringing social issues on stage and making it funny and relevant. And to have him be this guiding light for Midge is fantastic. The actor who plays yeah. him as Lenny Bruce is outstanding. There's a uh, episode, uh, the final episode of season two, where Midge goes to watch Lenny Bruce perform on the uh, Steve Allen show. And it is a shot for shot perfect yeah. recapturing of that. You can go on YouTube and watch the original. And it's just, yeah, their respect for Lenny Bruce and what he stood for is just filled through the show. It's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, spirit. He's um, the only real life, real name in the show. So I've got Lenny Bruce is Lenny Bruce. Right. Everyone knows who Lenny Bruce is. But everyone else is sort of. Everyone else famous that you meet is modelled off someone else. So your Shy Baldwin is based on – there was no singer called Shy Baldwin. Yeah. He's based on another singer from that era. But it's interesting that they've chosen Lenny Bruce, the name. They didn't just base this comedian off him. They used him and pretty much – yeah, I thought that was interesting that, that he is the only <laughs> real-life representation of a 
a person. So I don't know why. Yeah, it's just what what Lenny stood for, and just the fact that he was so such a modern voice in such a conservative era, uh, and that's and that's great for doing a show in 2018, 19, 20, focused on that time, and so that you've got a female stand up and female stands at that at that time were either Joan Rivers. It's a big, it's a bit of a, a tribute to early Joan Rivers, who was a, a incredible pioneer before she went all plastic surgery and mental and just bagged the shit out of people for fashion sense. Um, but female comedians are, you know, have, have historically been treated like shit. And so to have that almost postmodern meta reference, you need a voice like Lenny Bruce, who was so... Yeah. Yeah. So well advanced, just like, you know, Bill Hicks was in his time in the 90s. He was so saying things that all comedians are saying now, but nobody else was back in the in the late, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, need to give it a watch. Get on to Mrs. Maisel. It's, um, yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Um, so other than your movies, Sandra, what else have you been consuming? Ooh. All right, a couple TV shows, just very quickly. Children's Hospital. It's an adult swim sitcom. It's got no continuity. It's incredible. Two thumbs up. Watch it. Wow. Also, there's the spin-off Medical Police on Netflix. Haven't seen it yet. Apparently, it's very good. And that does actually have continuity and is also really relevant to at the moment. So just just saying that. Just saying watch just watch Children's just Hospital. Hashtag just saying. Just do it. Uh, the TV show that I've mainly been watching um, is American Horror Story. I've always meant to. I remember you brought it up on the show probably like a year or two years ago, Jen. Probably longer. But but I've always wanted to watch it. And it's always kind of been sitting there and sitting there gathering dust, but also collecting new seasons. And I'm like, oh, I need to watch it. I need to watch it. That's the thing. you got to get in before there's like 20 of them. Yeah. And I saw that last year's season was American Horror Story 1984. And I was like, oh, well, we're doing 1984 for Oldie Goody Goody this year. So I should probably watch it to do it on the show for like Halloween. So I've been catching up. I've seen the first three seasons. And from episode one, (laughs) I got it. I got why people like it. I got why people hate it. I got everything about the show. And I kind of, look, it's not great. No. Um, I do like it a lot. The first season grabbed me because... I don't know. I think because it's trashy and I'm not, I don't really like horror. I get really quite scared. And so the scary parts were scary enough for me. Whereas for some Mm. people, they're probably not that scary. Um, I just, I really enjoyed season one, skipped season two because I was too scared to watch it on my own. And then um, when I started rewatching with Patty, we rewatched season one, then two, then three. Yeah. It's very, um, I like that it's obvious that the showrunners have a respect for what inspires the show. They respect the classic films, they respect the classic shows, and you can tell that with the cast as well, because the cast are brilliant, the writing for them is brilliant, their their performances are all incredible. It's just the, the, the content itself is very trashy, it's very Riverdale-y. Yes, maybe that's why I love it. I do agree. I quite like it. I think the seasons are too long. Like, 13 episodes is too long, but... Absolutely agree. The first season is Murder House. Classic Haunted House stuff. Asylum is a weird season. I was talking to you mm. about this, Jen. Because, like, with Murder House, it's like... It's a, it's, a, it's a haunted house season. That's it. Asylum was like, it's a sci-fi. We're doing The Exorcist. We're also going to do Asylum stuff. And uh, let's throw in Nazi zombies as well. Um, just why not? And also a bit of like fucked up priest topical, but um, that is yeah, well, like yeah. just uh, um, got all this shit that we'll mm. just put it in asylum because asylum's about people like seeing different things. So like, let's just 
we can cover that there. Yeah, yeah, and we'll only give you payoff on one of those things. Oh. Um, I still kind of loved it, though. And then Coven is just a soap opera uh, with witches, and it doesn't have an ending, but it's good. I think I only really liked Coven because I was about to go to New Orleans, and so when I watched it and when we went to New Orleans, I was, about to be, I was able to be like, oh, when we went on the ghost tour, it was like, well, this is um, uh, What's-Her-Face's house. And I'd be like, that's from Coven. And that, she did this. And then we went to um, the Voodoo Queen's grave. And I was like, yeah. I know who that is. So it was almost like in its trashy, not actually true form, I learned something. That's cool. I think Coven is the first time I have gotten Emma Roberts as an actress as well. Like, I've understood what her thing is and that it works for this show. Like, Which one's she? Is she the, she the bitchy witch? Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. I think she's in a lot of the seasons after this one as well. This is the first time I went, oh, yeah, no, I get what her thing is now. Is she also in Scream Queens? She was in Scream 4 as well. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, I, oh, yeah, and Kathy Bates is in Coven. And it's one of the weird... Because, like, the thing with American <laughs> Horror Story is it likes to redeem awful characters, and it tried to redeem Kathy Bates and then just gave up. <laughs> like, it's really funny. But also, like... I think they realised they were probably, it's Madame LaLaurie, and she's not redeemable. No. So I think they maybe <laughs> went, actually, you know what? Like, Kathy Bates is likeable. Madame LaLaurie, not. So let's maybe just like, oh, whoops, we made a mistake, but we've already filmed it. Oh, quick, let's do this. It was really weird how Angela Bassett is in every single episode, but is only a guest star as well. That was strange. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, look for being stuck inside for ages and just watching this one trashy show it worked i'll probably go back to it at some point what season are you like like most interested in like because each one has its own theme obviously um so there's obviously certain themes that people are more interested in so i'm i haven't seen it but i'm really interested to watch the roanoke season i think things that are based on a really cool urban legend or a really cool real life thing are the more interesting ones for me Mm. to see their sort of take on it yeah, I'm interested in that one. I'm interested in Hotel because Lady Gaga's in it and I want to see her act. Oh, I think I got like three episodes in. She's incredible. Yeah. But the rest of the show, uh, I, I don't know. I need to rewatch it, but mm. it's weird. And I'm really keen for season 10 because Macaulay Culkin's in it. And uh, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that he's acting again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Rob, what have you been consuming also? You done any TV shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've... um. I got Caitlin for her birthday, which was a week before mine. Um, we got Disney Plus, finally. Yay! And so I've been consuming a lot of uh, the old school uh, bronze era of Disney movies that like didn't rate that well during the 70s and the 80s, the late 60s. Um, but one thing we did find is got um, on uh, Disney Plus Originals, they've got a TV, they've got a series on there called Encore, which mm. uh, is yeah. produced by uh, Kristen Bell, who is amazing. And basically the concept is it's a reunion show where basically um, uh, they get a cast from a high school production uh, from 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 years ago. They reunite and they have five days to mount that performance that was a big part of their lives. Uh, They've got one night to do it and they've got five days to rehearse. So it's amazing. We've watched the first three shows. Um, They did... Annie first from a cast from about 25 years ago. The second episode was doing Beauty and the Beast. I watched that episode. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast was from a cast 10 years ago. And um, we watched uh, Grease, which was a cast from over 30 years ago. Uh, and it's just wow. it's just great. 
especially if you are a drama teacher like I am, if you're an actor like I am, it ticks all the boxes just to make you invested. They've got to get a, it's a show within a show. There's, you know, you know, there's the reunion element of it. So they're seeing each other after all this time. There's that whole aspect of why the arts are important, why drama is important, why performing arts of any type of form is important. Um, so for the, the first show, the Annie show, and the most recent one, Grease, that's sort of like more people around my era. So like when I would have been at high school, like the Grease one there would have been a few years older than me, uh, but Annie would have been around about my age. And the cast from the Beauty and the Beast one would have been kids who I taught. So they were kids in right. their late, the people in their late 20s coming back 10 years after and so when they were teenagers so it was really interesting for me to watch going these are the people i was when i was in high school and then looking at it going oh my god these are the type of kids i have taught um and it's just great it's amazing it's 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 so uplifting and daggy and fun and it's it's a beautiful show it's a really beautiful show and i just I'm just hooked. Caitlin and I are hooked. We in, we just love all. You get to meet these characters, and in part of you almost wants it to be longer than just an hour. You want to spend more time with these people, and you want to know more about their relationships and their past. And it's just yeah, it's just great. I love it. I give it two two thumbs. Nice. Wow. I watched uh, the first episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I also liked um, watching people. Uh, because as an actor myself, um, there's so many times where I think about a role that I played years ago or even recently and been like, if I did that again, if I, I'd do this differently or I reckon I could nail it this time or like this, I'd love to redo, I'd love to redo. So watching people actually get to do, even if they're not actors anymore, a lot of them aren't, they just, you know, you know, have in, inverted commas, normal jobs now. Um, seeing them get a second, like a second chance to play that character, is really interesting. Yeah, and that mm. kind of like um, I'd like to see that a bit more in the other episodes. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed the first episode. The second one is a lot more like you know kids who graduated you know ten years ago, so they're in their early twenties. Yeah, and they're very much like those misfits of that, yeah. this era. You know, they're all nerdy. They all you know you know they're all pop culturally culturally, and they're all social misfits, and they're just you know. It's it's just great. It's just so recognisable. Um, uh, whereas the other two are a lot more like the third episode is Greece. They're all set in New Jersey and they're so New Jersey. They're all hey, what's going on here? They're all like they're all in the mafia and they must be in the mafia. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're all mm. loud, obnoxious, and it's just hilarious. <laughs> um, they like they yeah, should be in Sopranos. But yeah, um, so. That's what we've been consuming lately. But one thing that the two of you have been consuming quite a lot of, and I haven't yet, but I want you guys to pitch whether I should indulge in it or not. There is a certain show that has taken over the world within the last couple of weeks. It is, there are just two words I'm going to say to you. Tiger King, what is it? What is it about? Why should I watch it? Tiger King is the new true crime show only on Netflix. Seven episodes with the potential eighth one coming next week, apparently, according to the, some guy oh, who was in the show. Yeah, according to um the guy that bought the zoo, there might be another episode. First of all, what did you think, Jen? <laughs> what is this? Um, I saw it as meme form first, which is probably what you've seen mostly, Rob. Yeah. Um, I just kept seeing these memes about I, I'd seen I'd seen it come up on my like um, the top of my Netflix screen and I was like uh it gives you that short like short scene preview which isn't really like a trailer it just shows you a, a scene and it was the scene where um, 
the workers at the zoo gets their arm bitten off by a tiger. And I was like, uh, what? Yeah. But then I was reading the synopsis and it was like, murder plot, assassination <laughs> plot, this and this and this and this and this. And I was like, wait, that, what? So I was like, I have to watch it. It's about a guy who owns a lot of tigers, but then it gets less and less and less about a guy that owns a lot of tigers the more you go on and gets more about uh, yeah. plot to kill, uh, plot to take people down, arson, uh, explosions, guns, suicide. Yep. Like it, Yeah, I have heard it starts at one level and then it just goes deeper and deeper. But and deeper. At the same yeah. time it's going deeper, it's also going up in terms of <laughs> craziness. <laughs> yeah, so I watched I watched the um the first two episodes like the day it came out and went I don't like this this is nothing and then just like left it for three days and then it became viral and everyone was like it's nuts you won't believe these characters after like the third episode so I went back I think that's what gets you it's that that what the hell are these people going to do next like I yeah surely it's hit its peak and they're like wait till the next episode and you're like i i don't understand how the documentary making isn't good like it's, it's not a good documentary yeah, it's, it, it's all over the yeah. place it doesn't it flicks back and forth you're not ever quite sure at what point they're at in terms of timeline um but yeah. it doesn't need to be because the like you could have just put a camera on these people and you would have had the content you needed like it, it the best way to describe it is completely fucking crazy um, and you just kind of go along for the ride and then come out the other side and go, I still don't know how I feel about him. I still don't. Like, I don't I don't know how I feel about him. He, I don't know if I love him or I want to kill yeah. him or I want to marry him or I want to go give him a cuddle when I'm allowed to. Like, who knows? It's so yeah. exotic, you know. I really liked Louis Theroux's reaction because he interviewed Joe Exotic like... Pfft, Four, I need to watch five that. years ago now. I think I, I think I saw it when it came out. I can't remember, but I've gone back and seen that interview since. It's pretty I good. I would like to watch Louis Theroux's version because Louis Theroux is an amazing filmmaker. Yeah, and his interview's really good. Like it's a well-made version of what this documentary is yeah. trying to be. So, yeah, <laughs> don't go in expecting a good documentary because it's no, not. It's not a wild, wild country. No, not at all. What would you rate it for document for filmmaking? Like a thumbs down, but for content. <laughs> two thumbs up yeah i was surprised and i mentioned this to patty when we're watching it i don't remember it it was quite recent that it all came to a head and like i don't remember any of it being on the news Mm. and he said it's probably because it back then when it all happened it was just american news like it was just about some guy that got arrested for this just another day in america um but some stuff in there that i'm like as if that wasn't international like wasn't news it's just pretty crazy i think i remember um crazy there's a clip from the john oliver show in it that that takes place in like 2016 i think and i remember seeing that at the time and going that i think that rung a bell yeah Yeah. when he was running for president yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah if you've got a spare five hours check it out if you don't yeah maybe just read a article about it it's probably going to be yeah. a better made and more comprehensive anyway than the documentary itself. Yeah. Cool. So, great. Okay. Well, you have convinced me. I will like to give it a try just so I have my finger on the pulse. Yes, Rob. Welcome. Do it. Um, so that's what we've been consuming lately. I have been sold to watch uh, Tiger King. Um, it's great for us all to be back. And that's all our time for nerding. Uh, we'll try and do this a bit more regularly than once every year and a half. If you want to get in contact with the show, super easy. Uh, links to everything in the description. Spin-off. It's a new thing happening on Wednesday. Uh, oldie buddy goodie. Check that show out as well if you want. Um, ch- check out Rob and Jen's episode. They're pretty good. That's right. And um, 
stay indoors, stay safe, wash your hands. Uh, we love you all. And what you do need to remember is don't forget to nerd in. Nerd in. Nerd in. Nerd in.